next Sunday, we're going to start a new series on Teach Me How to Love You. Next Sunday, we're going to start a new series on Teach Me How to Love You. Is, is, next, is next Sunday starts the month of love? Valentine's next month, right? Amen. Okay, okay. Y'all, y'all kind of, okay, y'all, y'all have to help me out now. So, so yeah, we're going to talk about teach me how to love you on starting next week. Verse number three, Nehemiah chapter one, verse three. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is all broken down and its gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Nehemiah had a vision to do something that others had tried to do before him, but was unable to do it. But he had a vision in his heart. He had envisioned from God something that he could see that others didn't think was possible. And he could see those walls being rebuilt. And I believe this morning, and I have a few people in the room, maybe two or three of you, that can see some things being different than how they've been before. I said they can see some things being different. And when I say see it, I'm not talking about the natural lens of your eyes is what you're seeing. But in the eyes of your spirit, you see something greater than what it is that you can see with your natural eyes. And I don't care how bad a situation can look when you can envision something bigger and something better. It can change your situation. I believe all of the partners of IFWC which simply means you are more than just a member. Tell your neighbor, I'm more than a member. I'm a partner. Being a partner means you are engrafted into the fabric of what God is doing here at IFWC. You're engrafted into the fabric of what God is doing here. So you're more than just a, just a member. On last week, we celebrated 13 years of our church. Can we give God a shout of praise? 13 years. If you will allow me this morning, I'm going to push you a little bit. I want to push you a little bit if you allow me. I, I won't push you over, but I will tilt you. And I'm going to push you a little bit because I believe there are some things that God wants to speak. I believe there are some things that God wants to say. And he wants you and I to be willing to embrace it. He wants us to be willing to embrace it. And this year, when did I say? And this year, I want you to attempt something so ridiculous that if God is not in it, it is doomed to fail. I got anybody that can release faith for that? No. Do I have at least four or five of you that can really release your faith? That you will attempt something so ridiculous that if God's not in it, it's doomed to fail. Can I tell you this morning, we're setting out, we're attempting to do something so ridiculous that we're releasing our faith that God is going to bring others 
to this church to attend at 8.30 in the morning. And if he doesn't, is doomed to fail. You may, not have faith, you may not have faith enough to believe that, but why don't you get a hold of pastor's coattail and ride his faith? I got faith to believe. Uh, see, I'm, I'm going to have to release some things to you that God showed me in 1995 that I've never said before. How many of you know vision is always progressive? And there are some things that God reveals, but he doesn't release us. There are some things God reveals that he, that he doesn't release. But now is a time for the release because we have an 8.30 service right now. But I hope you get ready when there's a 1 o'clock service. I hope you can handle it if we have to have a Saturday night service. Thank you for those five of you that got excited about that, praise God. <laughs> so let me tell you right now, let me tell you right now, whatever it is you've been dreaming, whatever it is you've been seeing, whatever it is you've been envisioning, it's not big enough. Whatever it is, I decree and declare to you today, it's not big enough. You may say, Pastor, this is according to the size of who I am and what I can believe. But your capacity is much bigger than what you think. Because God has made deposits on the inside of you and I that are so much larger. And God already knew. I said he already knew that where we were presently, we couldn't handle what he was releasing. So he had to start preparing us for what he desires to do with us. Our text, our text that we will be using this morning, it comes from the visionary efforts of Nehemiah. And I believe we can learn a few things. First thing I believe we can learn, number one, we can learn how to pray about your problems. <laughs> learn how to pray about your problems instead of talking about your problems. See, some people like to get on the phone and talk about their problems. Pastor, how do you know? Because I see some of the stuff y'all put on Facebook. Some of you get on Facebook and you start talking about the problems that you have. But if you would just pray about the problems, you don't have to get on Facebook and announce to everybody you got the problem. So I believe we can learn how to pray about our problems. Secondly, I believe we can learn how to plan our work and work our plan. How to plan our work and work our plan. I was reflecting this morning. I was reflecting, and I can remember uh, a few months back, a few months back, I remember walking into uh, Pastor Candy's office, and her and Minister uh, Alex was in the office, and they were strategically planning for this service. And they were planning for the transition and, and working the details through and, and, and how things were going to work, how things were going to. I'm so grateful to God that God has people that will plan the work. But don't stop there. They'll work the plan. 
See, some of us are good at planning work, but we never get to the part of working the plan. And I can't tell you how many times God is not just interested in us planning. He's interested in what you're going to do after you plan. Because God is in the doing. He wants us to do something. The third thing I believe we could we can learn from Nehemiah is how to set God-given goals. How to set God-given goals. My goodness, oh goodness. <laughs> then, then next we, we can talk about how to motivate others when morale, morale is low. You ever been at work? And at work, have you ever worked for someone? Have you ever worked for someone and, and worked with a group of people and the morale of the team was low? How many of you know it would be wise of those of us that are servants of Christ to understand that we can get the wisdom of God about how to motivate others even when morale is low? Could you imagine Nehemiah's efforts that he has to try to motivate a group of people who are looking at their walls that's been burned down. Nobody's been able to rebuild the walls. And here comes a visionary. Coming, watch this, with a very similar decree that other prophets have had. But when other prophets made the decree, nothing happened. What do you think happened to the hearts of people? When they receive a word and they've gotten a word and then the word doesn't manifest. How I many you know that can set in discouragement? But then God has to have somebody that can show up on the scene and know how to motivate others even when morale is low. Get them, get them to believe again. Get them to do things that they don't even think is possible, but they do it anyhow. Are you hearing me? So there's some things we can glean from Nehemiah. And then finally, finally, I believe we can see how to become a person of vision. I got any visionaries in the house? No, I'm serious. Don't, don't, listen, don't play, don't play. But if you are a visionary, if you see some stuff, if you can see some things, come on, let me just see your hand. Some visionary. Lord, help me. Hold on. Hold, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Everybody look around. Everybody look around. Now, hold on. Hold on now. If we got that many visionaries in this room, there's a lot we should be doing. And there's a lot we can get done. Because God will always release purpose by design. When he have visionaries connected. Mm -mm. And all you visionaries are a part of the same body. The same house. So what could we do for the glory of God? With all the vision that God has in the room. Notice, notice that I put prayer before planning. I put prayer before planning. Why'd you do that, Pastor? Let me let you know why. Because a lot of us plan things that we never prayed about. 
I said a lot of us plan things that we never prayed about. And when the devil shows up and start to interfere with what we've planned, then we decide we're going to pray and ask God to get involved. And then God is not authorized, nor is he obligated to manifest what it is you decide now to pray about since he wasn't the one that authorized it. Tell your neighbor, pray before you plan. Can I just say this? Can I just drop this on you? Before, before, everybody say before. Before Pastor Candy and I arrived in Connecticut, we had a full plan for IFWC. Before we arrived in Connecticut. Guess why? Because we had been praying since 1995. We didn't know when the arrival was going to be. We just knew God had gave us a word, and we understood your word can't return to you void. So, so sir, sir, don't play with me. Don't put this in my heart that you're going to do this only to have me dreaming a nightmare. God, you're not a man that you should lie. So if you put this desire in my heart, you got to back this up. Now, I don't know how you're going to get it done, sir. I don't know where you're going to get the people from. I don't even know anybody that's going to be there, but I know you know them. So you're going to prepare their hearts and send them so that when I arrive, let me tell you what my plan was. I just want to give it to you so you understand how God does things. I prayed about this. I prayed about, okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to get on the radio in Connecticut so I could get my voice out so people can hear my voice. And once they hear my voice, they'll start looking for that voice. That was my plan. I visited three or four radio stations in Hartford because all I knew was, okay, Hartford, Hartford, okay. I'll get on the radio there. One of my boys was, took me around. He was from Hartford, introduced me to these radio guys. And I'm like, yeah, this will work. I'll send back some CDs. And God said, you're not going on radio. I said, Lord, what do you mean I'm not going on radio? He said, you're not going on radio. That's your plan. That's your plan. And I'm like, okay, Lord, will you allow me to get a marketing degree? You allow me to get that. And so that's pretty strategic of me to think that I need to go on radio so I can get my voice out there in advance so the people can hear my voice so that when I make the move, the people have already heard the voice, and they'll connect to it. That's your plan. Now, you can do this your way or you can do it my way. And I said, well, you know, you always seem to win those battles anyway, so I'm going to go with what you got because it seemed to be whatever you have seemed to work out a little better than anything I could come up with. And so I didn't go on the radio, but I was still bothered. Now, don't y'all look in, at me in that tone of voice. Y'all act like y'all don't get bothered by God deciding he's going to do some things a little differently than you had planned. See, some of y'all on this side, y'all looking at me still with that tone of voice. You know God would do things completely different than what you were thinking, and it still bothers you that, that does God. Now, some of y'all not like me, but God and I have this relationship. I remember saying, God, do you really know what you're doing? Now, see, some of y'all are like, oh, my God, Pastor, I have a real relationship with my father. 
I have a real relationship with him. And I wasn't sure he really knew what he was doing because I'm thinking, God, how, how are they going to know who I am? He said, that's not what I got planned for you, so don't go about it that way. He said, you maintain the posture of prayer, and I'm going to make the doors open for you. How many of you know if God opened the door? No man can shut it. But if you open the door. <laughs> so I chose to go about it God's way. So we put prayer before planning because oftentimes we never prayed about what it is that we're doing. And then when the enemy brings those disruptions to it, then we start to pray and ask God to fix it. But he's not obligated to fix nothing he didn't start. Are you hearing me? Then next we said it's important to how to plan your work and work your plan. Tell your neighbor, work your plan. I, I can be open and honest about this, that there's been times that I have made my plan and then I begin to work my plan and I work my plan and I work my plan and then I don't feel like I'm getting the results from the plan that I'm working and so I then begin to back off the plan, back off the plan, thinking I might need to come up with another plan because it didn't appear to be that that plan was working the way that it, I thought it was going to work, so I back off the plan, start trying to come up with another plan. But the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and that person shouldn't think they're going to receive anything from God. So I don't want to be double-minded. So either I'm going to stay with that plan, I'm going to say, God, show me. You got to show me something. And so I think this is important because <laughs> you ever get something laid out that has you so excited and fired up and you keep working it and working it and then you stop because of frustration? Come on now. I know I can't be the only one. I know it's early this morning. Y'all talk back to me. Come on, act like you're like you at 10 o'clock, praise God. <laughs> my juice is running. My juice, my clock's ticking, praise God. Y'all got to talk back to me. No sleeping. No sleeping, praise God. <laughs> so, so, man, it can become frustrating when what you thought was a good plan doesn't work the way you thought it should. But here's what I find out about God. When, whether we back up or whether we stop, Here's something interesting about God. God will ask you the question, who told you to stop? Who told you to stop? Just because you weren't seeing the results you thought you should have been seeing by now, who told you to stop? If we would be fair and be honest, we would be able to answer God either, I heard a voice, little Henry got on your shoulder, started whispering in your ear, See, it ain't working, it ain't working. And then you stopped or you told yourself and you tried to blame the devil. Sometimes we talk ourselves out of things. Interesting little scripture. They that wait, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew 
their strength. My God in heaven. Listen, when things are not manifesting in the time that you anticipated it to happen, you need to keep waiting. Waiting does not mean no activity. Pastor's confession. I can become irritable when people use those spiritual buzzwords like I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. Really now. Really now. You waiting on the Lord. Really. You waiting on him. How long you been waiting? How long you going to wait? Just what if he's waiting on you while you waiting on him? Just what if, if you move, God has moved while you waiting on him? It sounds so good, but we think we need to come up with phrases and terms to help take God off the hook. Since it hadn't manifested yet, I need to give God an out. So my out clause is I'm waiting on the Lord. Oh, man. One day we're going to mature and stop lying. Or making excuses. Because they are in the same family. Come on. Amen, amen, amen. The Bible tells us, watch this, the Bible tells us, ask, seek, and knock. Everybody say ask, seek, and knock. Notice all of these are in the present tense and present voice. Ask, keep on asking. Are you hearing me? Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Ask, seek, and knock. It's amazing what can happen if we will continue. In other words, who told you to stop pursuing what God showed you? Who told you to do that? Let me just define a couple of things for you. Let me define a couple of things. Envision, we have been talking about that. Um, guys, I didn't give you my title this morning, but my title is Envision 2020. Envisioning 2020. Envisioning 2020. There are some things that you need to already be seeing. Mm -mm -mm. I said there are some things you need to already be seeing. Envision is to picture in the mind, to imagine as a future possibility, to envision, to picture in the mind, to imagine as a future possibility. To envision is to form an idea of, to form an idea of. God has given you and I the ability to use our imagination as a canvas. My, 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 my. Um, 
Do I have any artistic people, people who like to draw? People who, and, and you're pretty skilled at it, pretty good at it. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Watch this, watch this. Y'all talk to me, those of you that are pretty skilled at drawing. How do you get to the canvas? <laughs> or where do you get what it is you're putting on the canvas from? Your mind. Your what? So with your mind's eye, you see a picture of something. And as a result of the picture that you have seen in your mind's eye, you then begin to put it on a canvas. Everybody say imagination. The devil is after your imagination. The devil is after your imagination because if he can rob you of the imagination, you will never have anything to put on the canvas. Are you hearing me? If he can rob you of your imagination, you will never have anything to put on the canvas. But God is such a master artist that he will allow you and I to have an imagination. And that word imagination, we get that word Im image. Listen at this. You are created in his. We're created in his image. He is a creator, which means if we're in his image, we are creative. And there are things that God wants you and I to create that we have only seen it in our imagination. My God in heaven. If I could get you to stay in the image of who he is, then you'll be able to become very creative with the designs that he placed on the inside of you. Everything that God has custom built in you is designed, tailor-made just for you. If I give you, can you stand up for me? If I try to give you something that is tailor-made for me and put it on you, it won't fit you properly. If you're watching somebody else's design you'll start perverting the image God gave them because it's not yours. Y'all see how it fits here? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Let's put it back on who it was tailor-made for. No. <laughs> it fits me. So listen, listen to me. This is very, very important because God needs you and I. He needs everybody in this room today. To be creative. Now watch this. When it comes to image, image. From image, you get images. Images are made up of words. If I say car, everybody can get an image of a car. But if you want images you'll get the color of the car you're looking at. Whenever you get images in your imaginations, always dream in vivid colors. 
always dream in vivid colors. God is very detailed. So when God is very detailed, he allows you to see the creativity of the very thing that it is, and he'll give you the color coordinates that go with it. Are you hearing me? Is this all right for you? Is it too early for this? <laughs> your thoughts are not limited to your reality. Your thoughts are not limited to your reality. As a matter of fact, you can envision something that does not currently exist in, the, in that present form. You can also see yourself doing something that you can't currently do. <laughs> now, let me, let me show you how God will work with people in order for you to better see this. Look at how God dealt with Abraham. Go, if you would, to Genesis 13. Look how God deals, deals with Abraham in Genesis chapter 13. In Genesis 13, in verse number 14, Genesis 13 and 14, And the Lord God said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him. Everybody look up. I know you might still be getting the page. Everybody look up at Pastor. One moment. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Notice that the Lord decided he was going to talk to Abram after he got away from Lot. Okay, see, some of y'all are going to let that just go by you. Some of you are waiting for God to talk to you, but he waiting for you to get away from that little sick relative of yours that keep coming around. Wanting to pervert everything that God's trying to do. God's going to talk to you once you get away from that person that keeps taking you back to a place you no longer desire to be. After Abram got away from Lot, God has something to say to him. Now watch this. Watch what God does. Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Lord, have mercy. Tell your neighbor, lift your eyes. At some point, you got to stop dreaming with your eyes closed and now open your eyes and see something. Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. Question, do you think God was just telling Abram everything that you can see with your natural eye? That's the land I'm giving you. Or do you believe that God was saying, whatever you can believe is out there. That is the land that I'm giving you. Ah. God wants to talk to you about whatever you could believe is out there for you. That have I given to you. Watch this. Verse 16. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Now watch the next word in verse 17. Arise. Change your position that you've been in. 
Arise. Mm. Walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Glory to God Almighty. Listen to me. God told Abram, now take a walk. Take a walk on what you see that I said I'm giving to you. And whatever you walk on, that's yours. Uh, how many of you can receive whatever you walk on, that's yours? Whatever you walk on, that's yours. God made that commitment to Abram. Go to 15, Genesis 15. Genesis 15. My, 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 my. This is how God will do things using images in the imagination. After these things, notice after. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Now, I don't know about you, but if I can get a promise from God like that, God, you said you're my shield, and not only are you my shield, but you're my exceedingly great reward. Ooh, Lord, have mercy. Watch this. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing, envisioning? <laughs> I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring or no seed. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, everybody say behold. The word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look. When was the last time you decided to look? Pastor, where should I be looking? When was the last time you decided to look inside yourself and see what is possible with God working with you? And on the canvas of the imagination, God creating art for you to see exactly what it is he wants to do in your life. In your life. Everybody say, look. Mm -hmm. Look. Now toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Verse number six. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Prior to that, Abram wasn't believing. I'm trying to talk to somebody who has been going through so much that it has affected your believing. And God says, I still have a desire to work with you in your unbelieving state if you will just be willing to look again. Look again and see what I'm showing you. And if you can count that far, I'm willing to do that on your behalf. Can I give you another definition as, we, as we're getting ready to close? Mm. 
I'm going to pass on that definition. Let me give you this, this last piece. John Maxwell, great thought leader, defines vision in this way. The ability to see. Everybody say the ability to see. Ask your neighbor, what do you see? Please listen, please listen. Do not limit your seeing to what your eyes can behold. Do not limit your seeing to what your eyes can behold because your eyes may not be able to look as far as God wants you to see. So John Maxwell says the ability to see, then the faith to believe. The faith to believe. The ability to see, the faith to believe, and watch this, the courage to do. The ability to see is awareness. Ah, when you start seeing things, watch this, your awareness system will kick in and you'll start drawing things closer around you that you've been seeing. Are you hearing me? And once you're able to see and your awareness kicked in, the faith to believe, then that starts to speak to your attitude. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, if you're going to be next to me, just make sure. And this year, you have a brand new attitude. I can't be talking to you about the things I'm seeing and you got the same old attitude. Then finally, finally, John Maxwell says, the ability to see equals awareness. The faith to believe equals attitude. The courage to do equals action. The courage to do equals action. Everyone shout out, see. see. Mm -hmm. Hopefully about five of you will catch this as we get ready to leave this morning. What do you see? What do you see? How about this? Can you see it? Can you see it? If you can see it, you can have it. If you can envision it, you can have it. It will manifest for you. I'm closing. I'm closing. We got to go. We got we to gotta go. get out of here. Watch this. There are a few buildings that I drive by. Empty buildings. Empty buildings. A few empty buildings that I drive by. And every time I drive by, something in the inside of me. Just begin to churn with it. And I start having the canvas of my imagination picturing it. Because one thing I understand, if I can fit it on the inside of my, oh God, I feel you. If I can fit it on the inside of the canvas of my imagination, it's only a matter of time before I get it. Some of you live in an apartment and you keep going by this house and you don't even understand why you keep going by the house. But if you can fit that house on the inside of your imagination, it's only a matter of time for the provision to show up for you. Some of you, some of you been anticipating an overflow of money. 
come in your direction. Watch this. You've been trying to figure out, why have my finances been tapped so heavy? Ah, because God has been getting you on empty. Because he's trying to get something else fit on the inside of you. And if you can see it, ah, my God, he'll make you responsible for the whole bank. I don't even have an opportunity to finish this all for you this morning. But I'm praying that you are fitting this on the inside of you. That you get this deep down on the inside and you allow the spirit of the living God to speak to your spirit and start helping you to see what it is that he's seeing. Stop looking at everybody else's stuff. See your own stuff. Come on, everybody bow their head, close your eyes. Then say this after me. Lord, I can see it. Lord, I believe it. Lord, here's my corresponding action to it. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord God, as we prepare to leave this place, Lord God, that you will fit on the canvas of our imagination everything that you have in store for us. And our lives will never be the same, Lord God. We won't stop pursuing until we receive the full manifestation of what it is you have caused us to envision. And Lord God, in this year, 2020, ah, eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man all that you have in store. Look up and arise. For God is shining his light in new dark places for you to overtake. In Jesus' name, amen.